This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Gear up, Dolphin fans, because it is about to be a wild offseason. Jake and Josh are piloting this ship as we prepare for a new era of Miami Dolphins football. If you don't already, follow them on Twitter at jmendel94 and at house. Help our community grow by hitting the subscribe button and leaving a review. We thank you all for the support. Now let's talk some football. It is time to start building the 2022 Miami Dolphins. Welcome into Finsider Radio. This is the Jake and Josh Show. Today is Monday. This is Monday morning, and we are coming to you after losing an hour of sleep on Sunday. After Tom Brady, of course, announced he's unretiring, just so we could get you guys ready for the Miami Dolphins building that roster that is going to finally, finally, finally win a playoff game. Hey, but listening to me isn't going to just do the trick. I got to bring in my co-host, the one and only Joshua Houts. Josh, you have had some fire tweets. You shared a great interview between Mike McDaniel and Pat McAfee. You are on top of this. How are you feeling as the Dolphins are getting ready to spend millions and millions of dollars? Well, first off, man, losing that hour of sleep is absolutely brutal. I know that it sucks for you, but when you have three kids, I mean, it is absolutely the worst. So that's terrible. I told you it's just snowed here, but dude, I am so happy that in what less than three hours, the legal tampering period will begin and the Miami Dolphins will hopefully make some bigger splashes than last year, Jake, because we can run down this list later on the podcast, but I tweeted out this morning, my God, man, those first few days of free agency last season, they were pretty ugly. Josh, Seathan Carter and um, uh, the wide receiver from the Bills. Of course, the Dolphins sign a wide receiver from the Bills, and it's actually the literally the one. Gabe Davis has an awesome year. I think they got Isaiah McKenzie has a <laughs> huge year, and we signed Robert Foster because that's yep. just kind of how the and Dolphins we, work. And we traded for Bernardrick McKinney. I love that move. Uh, Isaiah Wilson was on the team for, what, like three days? Uh, Seathan Carter. Yep, Seathan <laughs> Carter, Adam Butler. I got Jacoby Brissett here. So it looked like Justin Coleman and Adam Butler might have been, you know, those two players that really stood out on this list. But man, I mean, we somehow spun that as a positive, but looking back at it, man, oh man, we need to have a much better outing this time around. I guess the 
one positive we can still spend on that is, I mean, it's not signing Mike Wallace or Ndamukan Sue and realizing that it's going to be like a four or five year ripple effect. I mean, some of those guys are still on the roster, but uh, as we get into it, couple of the names you just mentioned, Adam Butler specifically, those are guys the Dolphins might be able to cut. So Josh, before we get into this, it was a crazy, crazy weekend in the NFL, and it's going to help provide some context because there was a center I wanted the Dolphins to go after, Ryan Jensen of the Buccaneers, but he decided he'd rather go back and play with Tom Brady, who is coming back to be 45 years old, be the first quarterback to start a game at 45 years old, because of course... Josh, we spent 10 years making jokes about Brett Favre. I remember, you know, middle high school, you're making so many stupid jokes and they're always about Brett Favre, his Wrangler jeans and how he's not retired. Now all Tom Brady needs, man, is are those jeans and he's that guy now. I just can't believe Tom Brady's butt chin are going to ruin free agency, man. I mean, they, they took Brian Jensen off the market. I mean, all these other guys, I think Leonard Fournette deleted a tweet where he was, you know, saying farewell to Tampa Bay. It just sounds like all these guys are going to follow him there, man. But I mean, that domino was one of them to fall. But before that, Aaron Rodgers signed that massive extension. I don't know if the full details came out on that yet. That was huge. But man, oh, man. Russell Wilson being traded to the Broncos, Jake. I don't know how you're, you felt about that. I mean, I don't want to sit here and say I'm scared as a Dolphins fan, but when you're in the AFC, when you look around, you know, the Herberts, the Mahomes, the Josh Allen, my God, man. Now Russell Wilson with that Denver Broncos defense at his back, all those weapons, uh, it was a hell of a move for the Denver Broncos. It's just crazy to think, you know, they had Elway. You know, they had some lull in between there, but now they have Peyton Manning and they followed up with, you know, Russell Wilson now. So uh, I don't know, man. Any thoughts on those big moves that went down? The arm race in the AFC, man, is building, it's building, and it's important to keep in mind that free agents know that, right? They know which division's looking strong. They know which division conference, I should say, is looking weak, and that might even have played a role for Tom Brady coming back. I mean, in that NFC, you got Aaron Rodgers, and that's it, and and he's had his postseason struggles as it is, uh, but it's a very strong landscape building. And Josh, we have to mention that Deshaun Watson, he was found not guilty and all of a sudden rumors are picking up about him joining a new team. And we're only going to spend a quick second on this, but man, I, all things considered, I don't want the dolphins to trade for him. All things considered, I do not want to spend another 15 years talking about how the Saints signed a guy that the Dolphins did it, and he had a great career for the next 15 years. And that's, I guess my concern, but again, I'm not saying the Dolphins should go trade for Watson. The Saints is one of the teams interested. The Panthers are another team interested in Watson. I think there are a couple others, but I guess that was my biggest fear, sitting that somehow the Dolphins are going to be included in this conversation for the wrong reasons, even though they didn't do anything, just kind of the Drew Brees situation, even though these, the context is so, so different in injury and what Watson is dealing with. I'm not trying to compare the two, and I apologize, but I hope you understand what I'm trying to get across here. I understand, Jake, and I do want to throw out Chris Greer's official comments from the combine. I mean, take these as a politician talk, but he said, I think the door is shut on Deshaun. At the end of the day, Mike and his staff have come through and done a lot of work. They've studied a lot of Tua, and they feel good about his developmental upside, what he can be, and then fit in the offense. I think we're good with Tua. And then someone said, can you make a definitive statement that Tua Tagovailoa is your quarterback? And he said yes. So it does sound like it's all off the table, Jake. I know a lot of Dolphin fans are up in arms because, I mean, let's be honest, they had all that interest when, you know, everyone said Deshaun Watson was guilty, was going to be suspended that huge dark cloud loomed over his head i'm not saying that dark cloud has been removed by any stretch right. of the imagination but exactly. i mean they already took a brunt of this from the pr standpoint that uh, you know what is holding them back from going out there and making this move other than you know mike mcdaniel's word to tua and just maybe this team honestly backing him but uh, i just can't help but wonder jake and this will be the last thing we talk about because again you're right man dolphins are not going to make a trade for deshaun watson it is going to be something that these fans talk about right or wrong for the next 10 plus years probably but at the end of the day jake i just want to know what stephen ross said to deshaun Watson in that phone call, you know, that one that they had right before the trade deadline last time around, because again, man, the Dolphins were, you know, a hair away from making that trade if all reports were accurate. 
And that's kind of the, the craziest thing, Josh, because that is such a big part. I think when nobody's talking about the Brian Flores tenure in Miami, every year there was no, there was, we always say only the Sith deal in absolutes, but I mean, Brian Flores walked right down that line of not yes, not no. I'm going to tell you absolutely nothing. And I think that was kind of a concern. And I think that kind of hurt the Dolphins locker room, whether it was saying to us the guy, he couldn't even do that or say it confidently enough or present it in a way where you write out two sentences. Like that's all you need to do the year before, man. It's the two of Fitzpatrick show the year before that it's tanking. There's always been some sort of drama around this team. And two months into the Mike McDaniel, uh, season lifestyle i guess and the best quote we've heard from him is that the dolphins are going to win the super bowl and then humans are going to evolve and have fins so we can all say fins up to each other <laughs> dude tell me what you would rather have i see it seems like we're on a positive note here but that cloud you just see it in the distance just sitting there and you know that a storm is going to come it might be a quick it might be long but it's there yeah, and, and again, I hate that it's going to be this whole thing. It's going to continue to linger, but just do better, Dolphins. Be happy with what your quarterback that you have. Be happy with the team in front of you because, really, man, nothing is going to change yet. That's enough about the news around the league, Jake. I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about, but uh, we can jump right into some of these moves the Miami Dolphins plan to make what they could do in free to see the big signing, or at least, you know, the big franchise tag got placed on Mike Kosicki. We talked about this a little bit on a previous podcast. Dolphins placed a second round tender also on Nick Needham, which I don't know about you, man, but I, I did an article, you know, he's one of those guys. I absolutely wanted the Dolphins to, to make sure they brought in again. I wish no Igbenogany was better. I wish there were other players in this roster that could maybe make you feel a little bit. Okay. Letting Nick Needham walk, but man, he just got better every year. It seems he, you know, I, I just love the mentality he has undrafted free agent I'm so happy this went down but Jake the question you have here and one I want to ask you and to throw your way I guess is uh would a team if you were a general manager of a team in need of a cornerback would you not at least be enticed by a second round pick for a young player like Nick Needham I go back to the start of training camp where everyone gets riled up about a uh, you know fifth sixth string running back who has a couple strong practices and a couple strong preseason games and all of a sudden everyone's like this this is the guy we need him on the team and I'm trying not to overreact here but man this restricted free agent market seems like such a great opportunity because you think about guys like Bobby McCain was making I think six million dollars a year in, in the Dolphins secondary I mean you put Bobby McCain up to Nick Needham as a slot cornerback man if you can trade a, a second round pick and get Nick Needham to walk in for $4 million against the cap. I think a, a GM should do that right away. You have a hurting secondary where you need just one piece to stop the bleeding a little bit. I think, man, Nick Needham has been awesome. He's a guy who can tackle. He can, he thrives inside. He can play outside. I remember, man, there was one week early in the season. He got, was getting snaps at safety. I mean, second round tenure, man, that's, that's a little bit scary. You can't see one of the bangles or a team that's late in the second round. They're deciding, you know, instead of taking some sort of flyer on a guy, and obviously you still get good plays in the second round. I mean, Nick Needham's a pretty decent guy. And if you want to keep him around after one season, I don't think it's going to be crazy. And I think he's just a great guy to have in the locker room. He was kind of, he rose from the ashes of that rusty 2009 season and really became a strong player. So man, I, I don't know why nobody's talking about this, but a second round for, for someone like Nick Needham, I'd have a serious conversation about it. Yeah, maybe this is just us Dolphin fans, you know, at least you and I, you know, overhyping what he is. I mean, I love that you mentioned yeah. he can play out. I love that you mentioned he can play outside, though, because, I mean, I sit here and talk about how you can play nickel, you know, in the slot, how important that is in today's NFL game. But, dude, when Xavier Howard was out there for a little bit, you know, Needham did fill in there, did look good on the boundary. So he can do a little bit of everything, man. I Hopefully the Dolphins can find a way to, again, lock him up long term. You mentioned it, man. I, I don't know. 31 NFL teams would probably be interested in the Nick Needham, you yeah. know, when you see how he continues to get better. But, again, maybe that's just – 
Dolphin fans, you know, doing what we always do and overhyping things. I did write an article, Jake, and I don't know if you saw it, but the Dolphins, uh, there were six players that I kind of thought the Dolphins could release. I think you have Adam Butler that you add to this list as well. But, um, you know, Jesse Davis was one of them. Man, I don't know about you, but it would be so nice to just jettison him to the moon. Clayton Fajidlium is another guy. I think I actually got that name right. Alan Hearns, Seathan Carter. Greg Little, and I had Eric Rose, a wild card. You also had Adam Butler written down here. So, man, oh, man, the Dolphins have some decisions to make. And, I mean, we're sitting here talking about the cap, and we always talk about how it's an imaginary number. They could realistically cut all those, and I think you have written down here. That would free up how much in cap space? Almost $20 million, $23 Probably million. a little over, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess the question I want to ask you, Jake, is are there any players that I listed off there that you would be hesitant to release? I wrote my article, Greg Little was one of them. I thought at $1.5 million for a 24-year-old tackle. I mean, when you look at the Dolphins offense, I mean, what would it hurt to at least let that name stick around? Because I don't think it hurts to cap it off. You keep him on the roster. And then I'd Eric Rowe. Again, that's a player who I think adds a lot of versatility to that secondary. So those were the two guys on that list I would want to keep. What about you, Jake? There's a couple, and I always go back to this, um, just cutting players to cut them, right? You know, we can, we sit here, and I think we do this all, every offseason where it starts, you know, we can cut every players off-season. X, Y, and Z. And most of the time, Josh, we do. It's the weird thing is the Dolphins always do. That's how bad most of these contracts have been, where we're having the discussion of we're going to save so much cap space. It's not even worth having the conversation of let's keep X or Y or Z around for depth. Uh, Adam Butler and Eric Rowe certainly stand out to me as two guys who, I mean, man, if you have three, four safeties who can go out there and play, I really like that, especially for the way the Dolphins play defense. Uh, having another guy with Brandon Jones, uh, Javon Holland, I mean, that sounds great, but Eric Rowe, a couple injuries here or there. He's getting older. He's a Brian Flores guy, and you wonder, uh, maybe he can still get paid somewhere else. Maybe somewhere wants to go have that tight end stopper that Eric Rowe really has developed into. Um, to me, Josh, the wild card, the, the defensive guys, I think are probably maybe 60-40 towards staying just because of the continuity on that side of the ball, man, Alan Hearns to me, because I just look at the depth the Dolphins had last year at receiver before everyone just decided to either lose a leg, lose an arm, or decide not to play. Uh, he can add a really nice dimension to this offense as one of those bigger slot possession type wide receivers. And I think there's a spot for him. It really just kind of boils down to, is he recovering from his injury? And Josh, I think there's part of me, I have nothing to back this up that I think there's a world where he could have came back next year. And I think the Dolphins, especially under Flores, have been very slow with things where they might have decided long term it's best to just sit him out. So that's a that's a player, Alan Hearns, man. I feel like he's a very, very big wild card to what the Dolphins might try to do moving forward. I'm glad you brought that up because he was honestly the whole reason that got me looking into that article because I saw that Alan Hearns was still in the roster. I was like, oh, shit, like because I, I don't know about you, man, but there was a reason the Dolphins extended him. There was a reason that they thought he fit. I know, you know, regimes have changed, but again, you're right, man. Maybe that is a guy that we should be keeping a close eye on. I don't know your thoughts, Jake, but Emmanuel Agba, it sounds like he is absolutely going to test the market. It sounds like he is going to make a ton on the open market. I know I originally said he was one of those players I really wanted to re-sign, but then when we kind of sat here and talked about in the last podcast, you know, we mentioned you give up a guy like Emmanuel Agba. I mean, you kind of see it, Jake. You could trade for Liel Collins in that uh, $10 million cap, and I joke DJ Chark. I mean, right there's the $20 million that you might be paying Emmanuel Agba. So, I mean, right. there are options here. If it's up to me, you got to let Emmanuel Agba walk. Hopefully, you know, use those resources to build that offensive line and bring in some of those other areas of weakness because for as much as I love Emmanuel Agba, for as much as I think, again, that once he leaves, we're all going to be sitting here saying, damn, that was a really good player that we should, you know, re-signed a season ago. I think the Dolphins will be able to get by, you know, with AVG and some of those other pieces they have because we forget, man, there are some nice young pieces, nice young pieces on this roster. 
You're 100% right on that. And I don't know if it's the optimist in me, but I'm kind of hoping Agba tests the market and then we get one of the corny stories of he took less money to come back to Miami. You know, that that type of thing, whether it's two, three mil, I, I'm kind of hoping that's the type of situation that we get into Agba. But, but man, it's hard not to picture him going to one of these teams. I mean, you look at... Jets and Colts are two teams above the Dolphins in cap space right now. The Dolphins are actually third after, you know, making the Gasicki and Nick Nita moves. Dude, I could see either of those two teams paying through the nose for Agba. Um, we saw how the Dolphins can make 20 million cap space. Every team's like that for the most part. So there are going to be teams that can pay for him. And, you know, I just am going to be a little upset if we don't see him in that uh, Aqua jersey. Josh, I got to ask you, though, talking about defensive end and talking about Agba leaving instantly opens a hole. I'm going to get this out of the way. I'm going to give you my Charlie from Always Sunny trade. And it involves one player that's been linked to the Dolphins, Josh, and that's L. Collins. Another player that was linked to the Dolphins was Amari Cooper. And Amari Cooper is gone. Uh, he was traded to the Browns. It was like a fifth-round pick and a sixth-round swap. Uh, it was really the cap that was the big issue for him. But we know the Cowboys are trying to free up cap space. Uh, to They just re-signed Miles Gallup, Michael Gallup excuse me, to like a five-year deal. How about a deal that involves the Al Collins and another guy who the Cowboys asked to take a pay cut and he didn't, Demarcus Lawrence? Would you, is there any way you'd go crazy enough to try to get both of those guys in Miami if you let Agba walk? I say, I say, it, send it in, right? I mean, send it in, yes. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just picture real. I mean, dude, I'm, I'm right now, I'm all only L Collins. And I mean, I think we all think the world of, you know, the pass rusher there. So if the Dolphins want to sit there and do that, man, get creative, go for it. I mean, I know a lot of people were saying they should do that when Amari Cooper was on the block. So I like mm -hmm. the creativity there, Jake. I, I don't know what it would cost. Can't even, you know, project what that would be. But sure, man, let Chris Greer get a little crazy this, this free agency period. Especially the Cowboys are short-sighted. They're looking to win now. So maybe you could even work a deal where Demarcus Lawrence, man, he's getting absolutely paid. But maybe you can work it where this year, you know, Cowboys pay half his salary or something like that. Uh, but that's just kind of my crazy thing, Josh. So let's talk about L.L. Collins here for a second. Uh, he's kind of played everywhere on that offensive line. I remember we were kind of in the front of that hype train, man. 2017, where the Dolphins drafted Laramie Tunsil. Uh, L.L. Collins ended up going undrafted. I believe that was the same year. And I was just thinking, man, if, if L.L. Collins, if, you know, his uh situations cleared up that you know going and getting him as a free agent would be absolutely incredible i remember jarvis landry and a couple other lsu guys getting on a plane to go convince him i remember he ended up going to the cowboys but man this is a guy who you bring in and an offensive line it's so important to have five strong pieces but lael collins can make three okay pieces look pretty damn decent yeah, he can. And I mean, we can't overlook that he's literally a right tackle. You know, he's protecting to his blind yep. side. So if your plan is to go out there with two tongue of a low, and it appears they are, I mean, no more important position on that offensive line. I do have to correct you, Jake. It was 2015 when he came. Uh, it might be, it might be. It was 2015. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm having it right in front of me. That's the only reason I know. And you're right, man. We were all at the forefront of that. I think he was, you know, I think the Dolphins were working with him. That was the other team I think that was, yep. you know, down to the wire with him. It sucks that it didn't work out then. But, you know, he started out as guard, showed that he could be, I don't want to use the word elite, but he showed that he could be one of those upper echelon guards in the league. There's a video I saw that he was a bulldozer. He was bullying over one of the safeties down the field. I'll make sure I tweet that out maybe with this podcast. But, uh, dude, last year, based off of PFF and again, grain of salt, an 82.0 overall grade, 70. 76.2 pass block rate, then 89.8 in the run game. He was suspended five games for trying to bribe for one of his drug tests. And again, he had some other off the field issues that did, you know, force him to go on draft in 2015. But man, injuries aside, there's a little bit of concerns there from 2020. But 
I think he would be that piece. He's honestly the guy that's at the top of my list. You know, every year you come into free agency yep. with that pipe dream list. I mean, it had Chris Godwin on it at the beginning of this thing. And, you know, every guy starts to deteriorate. But a trade for Leo Collins, you know, based on the, I hear, what, third, fourth round pick, a mid-round draft pick, it sounds like. I think he's going to have a three-year, $30 million contract. So you'll be paying him $10 million a year, man. If they cut him and he hits the open market, I mean, I think he's probably going to get a bigger deal than that. So I don't know, man. I hope they can find a way to make this happen. But uh, we've been sitting here saying this now for what? 48 hours and still nothing has changed. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. That's the situation they're paying Devontae Parker. Like you're paying Devontae Parker 10 bill and you can pay Lyle Collins that. I mean, that seems like a no brainer. I do wonder the only concern is because Collins uh, was approved. Like he's looking for his own trade. I do wonder if there are contract negotiations about an extension going in there because he's probably someone who's looking to get paid one more time. And Josh, speaking of getting paid, uh, this has been a guy that I want to sit on for a second because he's been linked to the Dolphins and it's been a little bit of a head scratcher and that's JC Jackson. Uh, to kind of paint the picture, there was Byron Jones. I think it was a foot injury. He got foot surgery, and everything's supposed to be cool with him. Uh, the rumors are J.C. Jackson will link up with Xavier Howard to make the best DB group in the world. Uh, tell me your thoughts, man, when you hear that J.C. Jackson is linked to the Miami Dolphins. I mean, that's the Nadama Sue. That's the Ryan Clark signing that the Dolphins were linked to. You know, that seems like that type of guy that uh, would be that massive swing. Yeah, man, forgive me, forgive me for getting stuck on it, but you definitely said you were going to sit on J.C. Jackson, so I'm, I don't know why I couldn't, I couldn't get over that. So, dude, I mean, I don't know. When I first heard this, I was like, what in the Madden are they talking about? Because at that point, you know, everyone was saying Byron Jones, and I, I don't know, man. It just seemed like all these J.C. Jackson rumors were coming out, and then a picture of Byron Jones, you know, on the hospital bed with his leg and a cast came out. They just had surgery, and that $14 million immediately was guaranteed. I know those two things are not, you know – are not tied together, but it was just such a ironic thing, you know, that everyone's here talking about JC Jackson. And at that same moment, Byron Jones was sitting here saying he was hurt. And now that's all guaranteed. So I would love this, man. I mean, I don't think there's two better shutdown corners, you know, man to man than JC Jackson, Xavier Howard. But again, I probably said the exact same thing about Xavier Howard and Byron Jones when we signed him. So I don't know how the Dolphins will pull this off, but you look at that Agba thing, man. If they take some of that money, you know, some of those other moves that they make that we mentioned those cap casualties and cut some of those players. Could you imagine bringing in JC Jackson? I mean, then you'd probably have to trade Byron Jones, you know, maybe have him restructure. I don't know what you'd even do there, but if you could have Xavier Howard with JC Jackson opposite of him, man, I don't know how defenses are going to throw at him. I guess I would go even one step further and wonder how they could keep Byron Jones around and then just go completely super say on out there. I'm going to bring in the fire extinguisher. Um, JC Jackson, he has been battling just with signed, the Patriots. Signed somewhere? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> That's going to happen right after we finish podcasting. That's when he's going to sign someone because that's how we operate here. But I'm going to throw a fire extinguisher out. I'm going to kind of boil this down because J.C. Jackson, he's been arguing with the Patriots about getting his money for some time. He's someone who understands his value. He knows how much he's worth. And knowing that, what is a better way for an agent to give leverage than knowing that a cornerback who's one of the, let's say, top seven, just so we don't start any arguments here, a top seven DB is on one of the best secondaries in the NFL that a team that is that talented, that doesn't 
have a, a need at cornerback would be willing to eat Byron Jones cap space and pay JC Jackson tap dollar. If other teams heard that the Dolphins, a team with a top five defense, is even thinking about doing that, instantly his price goes up. That is my 2022 wokeness towards it. But man, this seems something right out of the agent playbook to keep that, uh, you know, idea, the appeal growing. Because I mean, if you're going to tell me that, uh, you know, Byron Jones to JC Jackson is worth the what? $18 $18 million contract plus whatever dead cap. And I'd say it's definitely not worth it. You say that out loud. It sounds a little crazy, uh, but you say it quickly. You see it on a tweet, man. You're all of a sudden like, Ooh, the dolphins are interested. They know a good cornerback when they see one, unless their last name's like monogamy and maybe they'd be able to willing to make a move. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing that if you found out JC Jackson with the dolphins, you know, you'd probably run out and buy Madden just to play it yep. because you know, that big splash sign. But again, it feels the same way as everything with Byron Jones. So I don't know, man, I think we all have to sit here and remember Xavier Howard was still unhappy about his contract. Right. I mean, I think they Very just important. pretty much repaired it for that one season. Right. Aren't they going to be at a head again this time around? So I don't know, man. And then you bring in JC Jackson. He's now the highest paid for on the team. What's that going to want? What's Xavier Howard going to want? So lots of, you know, moving pieces here. But if the Dolphins could pull this off, man, that would be insane to even think about. The other name on the market, Jake, that has been linked to the Dolphins, and one that, you know, a lot of Dolphin fans are getting really excited about is Teron Armstead, uh, left tackle from the New Orleans Saints. He just completed a five-year, $65 million contract, appeared in eight games last year, so there is some injury concerns. Has been injured throughout most of his career, to be completely honest. But, I mean, this is a guy who, again, he's an anchor solidified the left tackle spot. No two of that would not be his blind spot. 30 years old, but man, I saw some of those uh, projected contracts. I mean, I don't know if it was ESPN, but I thought there was one that was like five years, 93 million or something. And PFF had one that was like three years, 60 some million. So I guess that's what we're going to have to pay for top town on the open market. I think Teron Armstead's number one on most of those lists, but I don't know. I don't see the Dolphins pulling this off, but that could just be me being the you know negative Dolphin fan. So the Dolphins kind of, if they let's say they get that shot in the arm and they sign a tackle or guard and a center. Let's make it really clean. The dolphins have a relatively decent amount of depth considering the guys who played last season. Um, and depth at the offensive line means you can come in and play one, two games. Um, we hyped up Jesse Davis all off season, Josh, not because as a starting right tackle, but as someone who you can plug in for maybe a game at left guard, maybe a game at left tackle, and you can throw them all over for one game at a time to kind of be that duct tape before the water comes boiling through. But once you're there, two, three games, that duct tape goes away. Defenses can seem against you. Um, my one question about Armstead, Josh, what's the difference between him and Brandon Elbert in what, 2014? Damn, don't do that. I did. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a watcher of meaty men. I'm not an offensive line expert. I, that's a great question, man. I am. I don't have an it's the cap there, space. The, the cap uh, uh, casualty seems about the same. The injury issues seem about the same coming from a good team, hoping to reassure an offensive line seems the same. That's just my biggest concern about it is because I remember, man, there was a press conference. Brandon Albert did. Uh, he was talking about his injury. He looks up and they're playing like a Joe Philbin or, or some sort of uh, press conference from the night before or something. And he's just shaking his head in disappointment because he wanted to be out there with his guys. But it's just that sad picture of you spent all this money on someone to be that uh, fixer up or for your offensive line. And he just simply can't do it. I guess that's my biggest fear when you're spending that much money. Uh, but it makes sense for the dolphins to be linked to him. Yeah. And it's a good point that you brought up how they have these young players, you know, this team, this staff should not forget about Liam Eikenberg. You know, they shouldn't absolutely not forget about Robert Hunt. No one's forgetting about him, but Solomon Kinley, you know, even 
even Austin. We can that, say okay. it. We can well, say I was, it. Yeah, I, I wasn't to. sure if I already said, but yeah, even Austin Jackson. I mean, there are still pieces here. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go even one step further, Jake. I mean, we said that Michael Dieter looked okay at center. I mean, there, I, I would be yes, okay yeah, if you 100%. build around. Yeah, okay. So I think we're on the same page here, but man, I guess my hesitation is just not truly believing that Chris Greer is going to have the kahunas to go out there and say, yo, there's that whale. I'm going to put the bait on the hook and I'm going to go out there and land that big fish. But man, bringing in a Tehran Armstead, bringing in any of these guys. I mean, I don't know how you feel, man, but we're getting ready to talk about what Lake and Tomlinson's next on this list. I think, uh, you know, I, I don't want to sit here and argue with people over which offensive linemen they bring in this offseason. I don't care who they draft, you know? Yes, we all have our preferences, but you need to just build that damn offensive line. Use whatever money it is you need to. It ain't my money. I'm going to say that and tell them blue in face. It ain't my money. <laughs> Josh, you mentioned some big fish. Look at this transition. So let's end with a shark. Josh, this is probably the most exciting name that I've seen the Dolphins link to. DJ Chark. Hurt most of last season. Think this would be a low-risk, high-upside guy. He's 25 years old. And signing someone like Chark, that sounds like a Brent Grimes signing, right? Remember the Dolphins signed him for one year. He came in. He was awesome. He uh, had the one-handed catch. He did it better than OBJ. Man, DJ Chark, he fits exactly what Tua wants to do. He's got the speed. You wonder if that leg injury is going to put him a step back. But as a low-risk, high-reward, I mean, this sounds like the Chris Greer diamond in the rough if I've ever heard of it. Jake, I got to be honest. When I first mentioned DJ Chark's name, I think it was like uh, a week ago. I think I said, you know, pay a hundred, pay a little bit more than Jacksonville. I did not have any idea that this guy was going to make Northward of $10 million on the open market. I, I know that's what a lot of people are projecting right now. I even went on Spotrack then and they had him landing a four year deal worth almost 12 million a season. So oh, I don't know the numbers, man. But when I first saw DJ Chark, I mean, I probably felt like you did. This is a guy you can get up for a low risk, high reward signing who, I mean, maybe it's a fancy football player in me, dude, but DJ Chark is a stud when Electric. he's healthy. So, you know, I, that is why I got, you know, goosebumps thinking about him. I know the dolphins were linked to Braxton Barrios this discount. morning. So, yeah. So discount um, DJ Chark. So I, again, I can't sit here and project how much money these guys are going to make on the open market. I mean, again, I thought coming off injury, DJ Chark would at least sign maybe a reasonable, you know, team friendly, you know, prove it deal, but doesn't sound like that's the case. But dude, DJ Chark would be an explosive, deep threat who can also, you know, work that middle of the field, work those quick slants and do all that stuff that Tua, you know, then this offense desperately needs. I really wouldn't be surprised if Sport Track or somewhere else uh, was. I don't want to say paid by agents, but maybe a couple of them talked because there's no way um, any of these websites should be lowballing any player right there. It, it makes the most sense to give someone like DJ Chark a four year, $40 million deal, not because it makes sense, but because people are going to click on that. People are going to be interested in that. And I'm not saying it's wrong, but man, that sounds bananas that coming off an injury like that, not really having a strong quarterback in his career. So if they have to go with discount DJ Chark, Braxton Barrios, it still might be a little expensive, Josh. This is a guy who was a pro bowler last year. He can do some special teams. He can do those laterals downfield that we saw against the Dolphins. I think he would be a fun guy too. But Josh, this is the time of year. I, I've said it till I'm already blue in the face, red in the face, whatever it may be. Man, this is one of my favorite times of the year. Just the, the Madden theorizing, the theory crafting, if you want to get really nerdy. I'm excited for this. And we're going to be back either, what? Today, it's Monday morning. We're priming up for free agency. We're going to have every single update on uh, the Finsider. Go, so please go check that out. Josh is going to tweet everything before the tweeters even done hit and send. Uh, so follow him at H-O-U-T-Z for house. I'll make a sarcastic comment or two at jmendel94 uh, if you're interested. But Josh, you should take us out of here because I'm just way too jazzed up. I'm ready to get going. I'm ready to see some of these guys Photoshop the Dolphins uniforms. 
Yeah, but you probably shouldn't be because I don't know if should, <laughs> should I list. Should I, I we did list off all of them, right? The Jacoby Versits and the Seathan Carters from last year. So, guys, hey. temper your expectations. You know, if you don't hear a big move go down today, tomorrow, there still is hope. But Dolphins, please, God, fix the offensive line. Get us a starting linebacker. Get us, you know, a cheap running back, a cheap wide receiver, and then turn your attention to Dirty the NFL. Johnson. <laughs> to the NFL draft where you can sit there and bring in all these young explosive playmakers and dude, we're going to the moon. We're all sitting here getting hyped. This Dolphins team is going to make the playoffs this year, Jake, and we're going to win our first game in how many years? F it, send it in. Fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami.